podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Brought to you by bookmakers.com. Welcome to Premier League Forecast. It's me, Chris Brack. It's him, Kev O'Sullivan. It's him, Luke Tanner. And we've got Jack from Talking Ballocks, which I was determined not to get wrong. I'm driving my hardest because <laughs> um, you knew it would go to at some point. Um, we, of course, are sponsored by bookmakers.com. Details are in the description below. We'll say a bit more about bookmakers.com a bit later. Gents, how are we all? Not good, too good. Bad. Yeah, good. good. Thanks, mate. Looking forward good. to the weekend. Oh, good. He says. I am pretty full off. Yeah, me, me too. I'm not on full time red. So, I, I so whatever happens, I can't get shouted out this week. So I don't care. I'm all right. <laughs> right. So shall we start with a nice easy game? Let's start with let's start with Leicester versus Brighton because Jack has a lot to say, and oh. from what I've heard pre-show, it sounds like it's going to be quite a lot. So Jack, you have the floor. I believe. You want to have a little conversation about uh, Mr. Rogers. Hmm. First, first of all, chaps, I'll say uh, thank you so much for having me back on. Um, obviously, love coming on. It's a really, really good show. So thank you very much. Um, I've got to humble myself a little bit as well, actually, because last time I was on in, um, I think it was back in August, uh, I said a few things and I've got them written down here just for a case, of, like for reference point. I went back and watched the show this week and uh, I said very, very like strongly, Rogers will be sacked if we're staring down the barrel of relegation. And as we are two points above bottom spot, he is still in the job. So it's clearly wrong about that. I feel like there's some... And I also said that this squad was too good to finish 14th or 15th, um, which at this rate, I'd be happy to finish 14th or 15th. I'll be perfectly <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, it's Yeah, it's difficult this season so far. It's been a really, really sort of challenging campaign. Um, and... Genuinely, there's there's a number of things that I think we have a have an issue with, and as the season's kind of gone on, um, it's become more sort of apparent that this is quite a deep rooted problem at the club. And whether it's all of these things or whether it's one of these things, I, I couldn't tell you a hundred percent what it is. First of all, if we start on the obvious, uh, the one we you, we all want to hear about, as uh, I'm on a Liverpool show, I'll start with Brendan Rodgers. Um, Brendan, I said this on our show on Monday when I sat down with with Ewan and I said that Brendan Rodgers' problem is that he's got one person in his fan club and it's him. Brendan Rodgers loves Brendan Rodgers and he will find a way to dig himself out of every and any like corner that he, he's put into. Um, literally all season in the, in the summer, the the it kind of starts with the when we lost to Forest in the cup last year, and and we got. Really, really well beaten there, um, I'll be honest. And he started coming out saying a lot of this team's not good enough. We need to have a refresh. And he's digging out the players, first of all, um, which I think is kind of a 
not the best thing to do as a manager because it if you don't have a, a, a group of players with the right mentality, it goes the other way. It, some some managers will say that and it'll motivate their players. I think with Rogers, I think everyone knows he's trying to protect himself. So it probably went the other way. Um, and from then, there was a lot of kind of that kind of repeat of we need investment, we need new players, we that will freshen up the squad. And then in the summer, that didn't happen. We sold for fun and then brought in Faz, who uh, like it's that's the only signing that's been made. And really, there's a big question of whether we've got money or not. And based on the fact we've just taken out another loan with a bank from Australia, ba- like basing that on the strength of the the TV money for the next couple of years, suggests that actually we don't have that much money. And that's a real concern because it's very, very like, if I, if I mirror it to anything, it's like Leeds in the early noughties when they took out all that, like they took out those loans and they spent really big chasing the Champions League dream when there was no guarantee that they, they would get that. And we all know how that turned out. So staying up this season is is becoming more and more and more important, I think. Um, I don't know how it looks to you guys on the outside, but from the inside, I think the problem does run a lot deeper than just Brendan Rodgers. In the summer, I'd have said he was the main problem. Now I'm kind of like, I still don't know. I, I, I think he probably should go because even with the squad we've got, the performances we're putting in are just unacceptable. And it's, yeah, so if, if I just run off some stats, we've had 12 <laughs> defeats in 19 games, zero points picked up from losing positions, and we've only won this season if the other team has not scored. So basically, well, we are soft. And you also managed to score three goals in one game and not win, which is also quite an impressive. I say we won that game 3-0. I say we won that game 3-0. In my mind, that's how it happened. Listen, it felt like, I'll be honest, we did the post speaker. It felt like we got beat 3-0. It was a, a weird game where it felt like both teams lost because we were fucking jacked. <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah, I mean, yeah. you you were there for the taking. It really was a frustrating yeah, yeah. game because I thought story of the season. That yeah, yeah, and it's it's the thing like you, you have to take those opportunities, especially when you're in the mire like we are. Like you can't give anybody any space, and that's the problem with this team at the moment. Is I said it again on our show the other day that this team bottled it. They couldn't motivate themselves to finish in the top four two seasons in a row. Do I have faith that they'll have the the mentality and the motivation to? If you can't compete at the top of the league, do I believe that this squad is strong enough mentally to compete at the bottom of the league? I'll be honest, no, I don't. And I think that mentality mentality starts at the top and filters down, doesn't it? So if Rogers is digging out his players all the time rather than kind of looking inwardly, it's it's gonna it's gonna have an effect on them. It's gonna make them like it's it, it wouldn't motivate me if my manager was telling like in in any walk of life if my manager was constantly telling me how shit I was. It wouldn't motivate me. It'd make me go, fucking hell, why do I want to work for him? Like, it wouldn't be a conducive environment to work in. Yeah. So, I think, Kev, I mean, from the outside looking in, look, we've had Rogers as a manager. For me, he did, he, he, at times he did all right for Liverpool, but I always felt it was a job too early for him. And we, we all know, Kev, that when things are going wrong, we, we all like managed to be proactive, but I think he's overly. Changes things when you don't need it, but if we had to look at it, I think you knew it was probably probably 18 months ago. Saying when you looked at Leicester, you went, It just looks a bit stale. It just looked one thing Leicester used to do was they would all sell a big boy, a canty, you know, drink water at the time, you know, as a Premier League winner or a Mares, 
and they'd reinvested to balance the books uh, with some with like you know, the next up and comer for that position. You sort of go, oh yeah, I can see that. I don't feel less Leicester have done much. I mean, Daka looked at the time like a smart signing because quite a few clubs sniffing around him, but he just looked off it completely. There was a couple of those signings that just haven't worked out. Mendy's another one. Samari. They're just they're they were expensive gambles in the hope that they would become the next 55, 60 million pound player. And when you look at the price tag that they moved for now, you're looking at think that's all of their money plus VAT. You know what I mean? And Leicester, you gotta look at it. With what they achieved under Brendan for those few years, pushing the top four, getting into Europe, they overachieved and the wage bill that they accumulated in overachieving by not selling when they should have sold, by not being like Southampton set the mold for this. Mm. You bring players through, you sell them on, you reinvest, you bring players through, you sell them on. Leicester stopped doing that. Yeah, Leicester stopped the selling on part got really successful, got into Europe, and forgot to go back to the selling part again. You can't have players like Madison. Tillemans. Uh, what's his name? Yuri Tillemans. Running down your contracts at a club like Leicester. It's, you can't allow that to happen. It's bad enough at Liverpool with Naby and Ox, but at least Liverpool are a big enough club financially to be able to absorb that kind of, that kind of hit and say... Okay, look, we bought Navigator for forty-eight million pounds. We've got this much out of him. He's been here for that long, and he's going to leave for nothing. And just almost like chalk down to experience. A Leicester does that with a, a talent like Madison, for example, who's got what? What's he got, Jack? A year, eighteen months left in his contract. Yeah, something eight, like that? eighteen months. Next summer, he's out. Twenty He's got all the power now. Mm. For, this is the. I suppose the summer was the last opportunity where Leicester had power in this discussion. Now the player can really turn around and dictate where he wants to go. And once that's dictated to, the buying club dictates the price, not the selling club. And I mean, I don't know how badly you've been hit by injuries, but it seems like... Badly. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you had no luck at all, it would be bad. You know, it, there's too many players that you'd look at our first 11 for maybe first change that are missing and knock that on with two really good hard seasons and minutes in their legs. It's going to take, it's going to take a toll. And we said earlier on, I think it was probably around September, October when we could see the writing on the wall with Brendan, we could see what was happening. And we all said, he's got to go, but can they afford to fire him? I think he's on a big... huge contract. Twenty million, I think. That's yeah. how much he's going to get paid if he gets sacked. I, so, I made a I made a really strong statement the other day where I said like the this top and Vichai, like God rest his soul, like got top and Vichai have been incredible for us. And like, but ultimately in in twenty twenty three, if you can't afford to even sack your manager, there's there's something wrong. And I know yeah. that they obviously run a duty free business. And you ask, you look Corbin, at any any yeah, you look at any financial yeah business. Yeah, you, you look at any financial like statistic, like the, the tourism business was completely decimated by COVID. So I can I can kind of understand him not investing a lot of his money into the club. But the problem is, like like Steve says on on, on in the chat, like when when you have that policy of buy cheap, develop, like sell high, if you don't then do that, 
because that's what your whole financial model relies on, you're not going to be successful with it. You, Leicester can't afford that. They've never been a club and never will be a club that can afford to go, right, here's 150, 200 million pound in a window and not recoup anything back, especially with the the over, like the bloated over, overpriced contracts that we've been dishing out to players, which John Rudkin, our director of football, has to take massive responsibility for. There's no way players like Yannick Vestergaard and Ryan Bertrand should be on 70,000 and 90,000 pound respectively. Ryan Bertrand's played like five games for us. It's, it's absolutely scandalous. It's daylight robbery, honestly. And I think, Again, it links back to what I said earlier about there's not one place you can lay the blame for the no. problems at the moment. Because no. something also has to be a little bit of element of bad luck as well. Because you've got we we can all admit, and I can't admit it. When I saw they sign, you signed Bertrand, and I saw you sign uh, Sumari, I thought, oh, smart business. You know, Bertrand's a established left back. That's your left back cover covered because we knew Pereira was coming back from uh, a couple of serious injuries, so he thought that's smart cover. And Sumari was a highly touted. Young midfielder, you thought, well, that kind of, that's Leicester going back to the model they always go for, which is players ready to kick on. Mm. Unfortunately for Leicester, they haven't. Now, yeah. some of that is yeah. that down to the training and the coaching of, of the manager, possibly. But there is also sometimes an element of, and it's, people don't want to hear it, right player, wrong time. It yeah. does sometimes just yeah. fall that way. It, it feels a bit with Leicester Jack uh, like a bit of a perfect storm. Yeah, but, I think so. I, I know Jack Wolf is the term, so, but you know what I mean? It's all, everything that could go wrong, sort of. Everything was going wrong all at the same time, and I think the summer, I think was it like twenty five million for you, Yuri Tielemans? Um, I think Arsenal was sniffing around. Should have, I think should've, a should've lot taken, of players that wanted taken. to go, probably asked to go, and Leicester have gone. Well, if they don't match our valuation, then there's no way you're going. Hmm. I think Yuri Tielemans was priced at about fifty million or something like that. James hmm. Madison was linked elsewhere, sixty million. And I think. Leicester outpriced the players to get rid of them. Hmm. And now after what Rogers said in the Nottingham Forest game, it's like, yeah, we need an overhaul. Like players need to go. Now it's first day of pre-season and he's seeing all the players that he's probably called out in training sessions hmm. show up to training. Yeah. And he's going, oh, great. And then Kasper hmm. Schmeichel leaving as well. Obviously that would have been a massive thing, even though that he dropped off as a keeper. But the drop off from um, an aging Cashbridge Michael to Danny Ward has been is crazy. I mean, a lot of us in the summer, Kelleher for like 25 million. Absolutely not. No, no, I mean, Kelleher's not a bad goalkeeper, but absolutely not. Like the the thing we were crying out for in the summer was we've got Daniel Everson, um, who has been on loan at Preston like the last couple of seasons, and he's regularly been like touted as one of the best young up-and-coming keepers he's danish like he's now a full danish international he's the understudy to kasper schmeichel and everyone was like let's give him a chance danny ward's played before but he's, he's not a good enough premier league goalkeeper give it to the young guy and if it doesn't work out then give ward the shot but instead he went we'll go with ward and to be fair to ward he's not good enough but i don't think he's the reason we've been so bad defensively i, I don't he's made some incredible saves actually he made some howlers and all granted but like he has made some fantastic saves and it's just how do you replace the best goalkeeper you've ever had? You can't, can you? Let's mm. be honest. Yeah. So to make life easy for you, we're going to go to Brighton. Yeah, please. Who are, <laughs> six, who are like six in the forms. And listen, listen, it's not even walking. They tore, they tore us apart. And it's not, you know, and to be honest, Brighton have done that to a lot of clubs, you know. Uh, but I mean, their form for Brighton is similar. It's identical to the Liverpool's four wins, two, draw, uh, two losses in the last six games. Um, Kev, Brighton just got the 
Tails are up. They're just a really difficult side. Brighton actually have basically become the Leicester Southampton model because Southampton used to be this model first, moved away from it. I mean, Southampton got themselves relegated and starting to do that model again now. Brighton have just done that Southampton model, but they've just took it up a level. Yeah, Brighton are really. I mean, look, we all saw what Brighton can do last week, but mm-hmm. Brighton have been doing this consistently for a while. The, I think you've got to look at it from Brighton's point of view. They have to back it up now. You know, mm-hmm. they. It's it's all well and good getting three points at home against Liverpool and looking that good and getting all the plaudits and the flowers and what have you. Leicester are on a run of four consecutive losses, and you have to go there and turn the screw. And if you have ambitions of getting into Europe, these are the type of games you have to be going to win. And look, the confidence is oozing out of Brighton at the minute. And if they turn up with the same appetite at Leicester as they showed against us, then it's going to be very painful afternoon for the Leicester City fans. And it doesn't matter what Leicester turn up. It doesn't matter how good Leicester are on the day. Brighton are better, man for man. And tactically... Deserby has kicked on from Potter. He's taken that Potter Potter style of football and added goals. We've always said Brighton are a very good side, and if they could find a striker, they'd be unreal. They've they found a way of scoring goals. That makes them one of the best sides in the country to watch. And I've I would wouldn't be surprised if they knocked four. Four or more past Leicester, or even away from home. I don't think they care. I, I honestly look at this Kev, Brighton Kev, side. We do, now. We, do want, we do want Jack to come back on the show at some point. <laughs> but <laughs> I think Jack, Jack would acknowledge. Oh, this. I'll be back. It, I'll be back. It, it, <laughs> do, it doesn't matter what Leicester put up at the minute. I watched the Leicester game against Newcastle and I watched how they folded. They're mentally weak, they're mentally fragile, and you give them an excuse to quit and they'll quit. Yeah, we're, miss, we're missing the tangibles. We're like, that's the one thing about us at the moment is. Like you said, any any Brighton team that turns up, like New, Newcastle, the game was done within half an hour. The game on yeah. Boxing Day, like it was, it was, it was appalling. It's one of the worst performances I've seen because all that intangible stuff that you need, like the 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 kind of the, the stuff that you can't really measure, that's what Leicester are missing: the heart, the work rate, the ethic, the 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 ability to to not stop working. Or mm-hmm. well, Brighton have got that in abundance. You watch Brighton; yeah. they're, they're relentless, and even even at fifty percent, they'll they'll. They will, like like Kev says, they tactically, the the man for man, they will win the battles unless Leicester are at a hundred and ten percent. They have to be, and it's the only way we'll kind of get a result. Like Kev's absolutely right in what he's saying. Yeah, the frustration was Kev. We were talking about uh, before we got before we came back from the World Cup. Leicester actually the last, I think it was six to ten games, were third in the form guy. They actually took, they actually turned yeah, a bit of a corner. You thought, you thought like, all right, Leicester finally sort them. Uh, they, they look like they've sorted themselves out. I think they're one of us with the World Cup came at the absolute worst possible time. You know, unfortunately, sometimes momentum is a thing that is intangible. You can't prove or disprove, but I think it is a thing. I think the best thing that can happen to Leicester right now is the window shutting. And on February 3rd, whenever the window closes, Brendan locks him into a room and says, look, this is it. Look around you. This is what you've got between now and the end of the season to stay up. Are there three worse sides in the league at the moment than Leicester? I think they're in. I think they're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, the reason I think they're in trouble, I think Wolves are in a false position. I think Leeds will improve. Leeds are after spending some money. Um, West Ham might improve with the sign of Danny Ings. Yeah, exactly. 
and you look around, and I think Forrest could do anything. You don't know. I think this is the one thing with the Premier League this season. Two or three wins, the picture looks completely different. And that's just not for Leicester City. That's for any club up yeah, to yeah. third. Taurus, I the, think table look, the table is condensed because nobody's looked, consistent. But I think even up to first, I mean, Arsenal are a form team at the moment. They are. But two more wins for Arsenal, you know, that's putting the pressure back on City. City yeah. are only going to start, but, at some point, going to start feeling the pressure because the gap's seven points already. So we haven't had a league like this for a while where two points really has been like a big swinger. Yeah. Pretty but much I think you've got that this season with the league where any side you can put four wins or say four points out of six, go and look at the table again. You know, put nine points out of 40, out of six, 15 up, you know, in a five game run, you, you pick up, put up nine points. You could go from fifteenth to ninth, and you relax again. The thing is, at the minute, if you're, I think if Leicester were able to do anything in the window, they'd have done it early. I think so. And I think you're they're they're stuck between a rock and a hard place at the minute. I think I think it's under. I think Victor Christiansen from Copenhagen. Yeah. He's a 20-year-old kid, to be fair. As, as good as Copenhagen fans like uh, seem to be gutted to be losing him. They, they're raving yeah. about him. But like we've been linked with every man in his dog this window because everyone knows yeah. we're desperate for new Anyone signs. with a pulse. John, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. We've got that as well. Yeah. I think you're probably like us thinking, yeah, we're not going to sign him all so. <laughs> I think So I think their biggest problem is players know their value mm. and they know their value in, the, in January and they know what their value is in the summer. Yes. And if you... Look at the saleable assets that are at Leicester. There's a few. Harvey Barnes being one. Um, Madison. Jewsbury Hall, another one. Uh, Madison, definitely. Um, Yuri Tillemans, yes, you could still get a fee for Yuri Tillemans. But if if these players are at a stage where, look, I'm earning good money now, I'll see out this season and weigh up my options in the summer. Just mm. that's the worst of all options because for the club because you're stuck with players who a don't want to be there, and whose heart ain't in it. And yeah. Leicester need to evolve in the market. And by the looks of it, they need money in mm. before they can do anything. I mean, yeah, it, I, it's scary that the fact that you've had to go and take a loan off for future TV revenue that would scare this shit out of me. Mm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But the thing with Telemans is, I the, it's one of the worst decisions I think, and. I have to like. There's. I can't be too critical of our owners. I absolutely can't because of what they've done for us. But at the same time, that's the past. This is the present. Not selling Telemans in the summer and letting him go for free is absolutely fucking suicidal for a club like Leicester. Because yeah. letting a player of that quality go for nothing and literally his entire contract just having a, a massive loss on him is is ridiculous. Um. So yeah, I I agree with that. Like we have to kind of we have to be better in the market and we're not being to be fair but i'm um, going back to your point about momentum kev i'll read off our next five fixtures and you can tell me how many points you think we're going to get because i imagine we'll probably all get the same figure uh we've got brighton tomorrow uh then we've got walsall in the cup but ignore that uh villa away who are resurgent spurs at home united away arsenal at home i can see one point out of those five if if we're lucky yeah I'll say two. A, point, a point at villa yeah. yeah, or or if Spurs, depending what Spurs turn up, yeah, that's we'll what get, a, we'll yeah, get yeah. a point at home to Spurs, maybe depending on which one of them turn up. But Brighton tomorrow, I can only see it going one way. Villa at Villa Park, the way they're playing at the moment is going to be a tall order. 
Spurs, United, Arsenal back to back. It's 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 going to be a uh, a long month. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. 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 So, but trying to make you feel a bit better. Ocean saying, in his opinion, both of Southampton are, are, are gone, and he thinks the last yeah. spot is between Everton, Forest, maybe West Ham, but the ink sign probably gets them clear of eighteenth. So, so I suppose for yourself, I suppose they're probably the teams you're looking at. So, I mean, the benefit for you this weekend is you've got Everton, West Ham. So, you know, one or both of them are going to lose points somewhere. Hmm. So, you know, it's that sort of waiting game, which is a horrible feeling when you're waiting for other results. But whichever way around the table you are. All of those clubs, though, unlike us at the moment, seem to have the minerals to make a change, though. Like Everton will sack Lampard and bring someone else in. West Ham will sack Moyes and bring someone else in if they have to. They've already they've already I, showed by overnight well, going that injury came out of nowhere. I, I think, think Everton, I think Everton might be in the same boat as you. I'm not sure they could. I might be wrong. But Everton, Everton, I don't know who Everton would get if they sacked Lampard anyway. Probably, <laughs> probably David, David Moyes. David Moyes do as well. Yeah, they, they might go and get Dyche, to be fair, but yeah, I don't know if Everton can afford to sack Lampard. That might Maybe. Be I don't. I don't know. His bio, I don't. Know his, I don't know what you have to pay to sack yeah. Lampard, but. Right, let's let's do score predictions and let's move on to something else because uh, poor Jack, we've, we've tortured enough for 25 minutes. Hey, to be fair, to be fair, I'm going tomorrow, so that 90 minutes of torture will be uh, worse than this, I imagine. <laughs> Kev, give us a score prediction. Um, I stick with it. I think 4 0 Brighton. Cheers, okay. Kev. Luke. Sorry, mate. 4 1 Brighton. Sorry. Well, at least we got a goal. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was going to say 3 1 Brighton, to be fair. Okay. I, I have 2 0 Brighton. Yeah. Okay. Right, let's do some quick fire ones and then we'll, we'll start to do game. So, Bournemouth versus Forest, just just a score, score Kev. 1 1. I had 1 1 as well. Luke? Uh, 2 0 Forest. Jack? I was going to go 1 0 smash and grab Forest. I'll stick with you, Jack. Uh, Southampton at home to Villa. Uh, 2 1 Villa. 2 1 Villa. Luke? 2 0 Villa. I've got 2 0 Villa. Kev? Uh, 2 0 Villa. Okay, and last one. Leeds, Kev, at home to Brentford. Brentford, 3-1. 3-1. Luke? Brentford, 3-2. I reckon it's going to be a barnstormer. Yeah, it'd be a great game. Jack? Uh, similar vibe to you, Luke, but I'm going to score draw, 2-2. I've got 2-2 as well. Cool. Um, Laszlo, I know you haven't missed the Liverpool, Liverpool game yet. We'll do that later. It's a Liverpool podcast. We'll do the Liverpool game last. That's how it works. We're doing the show for long enough. So listen, guys, uh, we are sponsored by bookmakers.com, so details in the description below. Uh, they do help you find bets. Kev has been trying to explain the bets to me, which um, I've given <laughs> Kev the bets to read them out because he explained it to me three yeah, times give and me... I went, and I didn't get any of them, so he's got to yeah, explain the bets. Give me one there. second there now, and I will but tell you, you exactly If you're not into betting, though, it's not for you, that's fine. Uh, but I will still check out their website. Me and Kev use it for fancy football. It's quite handy for hand team predict you know predicted lineups form guides yeah. and gab does a, a an appearance on their uh youtube channel where we've known him with a couple of fans talking so, about what's going on go on for tomorrow the best prices you can get for for a leicester home win is with bet 365 is a 13 to 5 betway have a 13 to 5 for the draw and william hill are offering 21 to 10 for an away win which 20. i think is a really good price 20 to 20 isn't it? 21 to 20, yeah. It's just yeah. a shade over even money. So I think that is, that's actually a cracking bet, to be fair. To be fair, Gav, you could have said any of those numbers and other than nodded. <laughs> Same, man. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. A cracking, that's a cracking bet, to be fair. And I'm not clever. I do so responsibly and all that. I'm not clever to know all that. 
Right, let's move on to our next game then. Palace, who got um, a brilliant equaliser <coughs> against United, uh, against Newcastle, who are the third most informed side for the last six games. Four wins, two draws. Palace on a run of one win, one draw, and four losses. Uh, the concern for Newcastle is um, is the Gravera's injury, Kev. Yeah, it, it looked it looked an horrible. It horrible. Is an, I, I don't think ankles are supposed to bend that way. No, you know, it's funny enough, shame, they don't. It's a, they don't hit... it's a shame because he's a really good player. He's a nice yeah, player. There, there he is. Uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what they do at Newcastle because look, um, I, Chris Wood going, he's already flagged that he's going to bring someone in, and it's not going to be someone of the stature of a Chris Wood. So they're going to bring in a forward who's a proper a proper nine, and I think they will. Do that break glass thing that Newcastle have threatened to do for a while, uh, that we all feared that Newcastle might do. I think they could break break the glass next week on a forward. And is your money up? Really, I don't know, I've but I wouldn't be a bit surprised if uh, someone like Vlavic gets linked. Jeez, I don't well, think. They, I mean, uh, that's uh, honest, I don't Isaac's already back. I mean, Isaac's a fantastically talented young player. And yeah. listen, Callum Wilson, when he's fit, you know, he's consistent as a goal scorer. Callum Wilson is just um, it's just knee problems for him, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, um, the, th- the thing is about tomorrow, look, I mean, I'll just skip through it a sec. Um, as long as they can handle missing Bruno Gomes, they will be fine. Um, Palace, is, is it is Palace at home or away? Palace are at home. Um, Palace are at home. Notoriously difficult ground to go to, always yep. has been, always will be. Uh, Newcastle's record in London is two wins and a draw this season. They don't normally travel to London well, but they seem to have got that on, you know, back to where it should be for a club that's looking to get in the Champions League. At the same time, you never know with Palace. There were flashes in that United game that they looked like getting back to the Palace at the early part of the season. And I look at Newcastle, and they've been stuttering a bit for for the last few weeks. So I think this will be a score draw. I think one one. Um, I was so impressed with Michael Elise's goal and their comeback in in the week. I just hope they have enough in the tank to do it again. That's the only worry for me with uh, with Crystal Palace is have they got enough in the tank to go again? Because Newcastle will pile on pressure. And unlike Manchester United, they won't really drop off too much. So I, I, I'll stick with what I said. I still, I'll stick with the score one one, but it'll be a good game. Okay, okay. Luke, how are you seeing this game then? God, can't think my score. I was going to go one one. Um, isn't it mine as well? He's, he's like that. I've got a feeling that Newcastle are really going to feel the benefit of not having Bruno um, Gimaraish in their midfield because he's been one of the signings of the last twelve months. And and I do think I don't know who's going to play the holding role if John Joe Shelby is even fit or no, not. He's, he's out. Sean Longstaff holding in midfield, and I think this is going to be the game where they're going to really struggle, and that's where you'll see Newcastle go and get bang, get another holding midfielder. I think I saw that they were linked to Manu Kone in Gladbach, so it would not be surprising that if they struggle this game, you'll um, see them buy another midfielder in the in in January, and I do think they'll get a forward. I've got a feeling that it won't be a big name forward like you 
think Kristen Vlahovic. I think it will either I be... Vlah- I did say Vlahovic. Oh, Kev said Vlahovic, but I, I got a feeling it'll be either Marcus Turam from Gladbach. Now, I saw a thing about Yusuf Makoko from Dortmund, so it'll be either one of them, I think. ACL says Aubameyang on, Aubameyang on up. I don't think he can because he's, he's already played for Barca. And... Yeah, he can only go back to Barca. He can That's only it, go yeah. back to Barca. And I think he will because Depay has just gone to Atletico for £3 million. Mm, when apparently his values, market value, according to some sources, is 20 to £25 million. Good business, that, isn't it? When you can do it. Yeah. So yeah, but No, I think it's going to be 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Yeah. Jack, how are, you, how are you seeing this one then? Because uh, I know they've been out of form recently, but Palace are, fun, Palace are fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I, I think that particularly like, like over the last few months, like I think Patrick Vieira has done an incredible job at Palace yeah. given the circumstances. When when Hodgson left, um, the squad was kind of in tatters. A lot of people even said they could potentially go down without Hodgson because a lot of those sort of experienced, big, sort of characterful players that they had were out of contract. They let a lot of them go, um, and they brought in quite a lot of young, exciting talent. And it's really like benefited them. To be fair, they play quite a good when they're on form. They play quite a good brand of football to watch, actually. And they've got such exciting players in in those forward areas that even even when they lose, like you, they can never say they're really out of games because they they always bring a threat. Like they used to just have Zaha, and then like went back back a few years ago when they had Balassi. They it, this now they've got a front line that's full of really good quality. So I think on, on the day they can hurt anyone on like they showed that with like Elise's free kick, like they kind of looked dead and buried in that game and he's pulled that out the bag. They, they can hurt anyone on their day. Um, but I think this Newcastle team have not been at their best recently, but yet they've still been grinding out results. That Arsenal game, really, they, they were backs against the wall and that's what teams need to do is not lose games against Fulham. They, nicked it really late on and that's the sort of thing that good sides do they manage to stay in games and and nick results and i think bruno being out is it's a, it's a huge miss i mean we said he's one of the best signs of the last 12 months i think he's one of the best players in the league i think he's easily top 15 players in the league on form at the moment like comfortably probably even top 10 so him not being there's a miss but i have seen that um like you were saying that there's 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 photos of him traveling with the squad whether that's just as like moral support or whether he's actually in the match day squad is it remains to be seen um because like you said it looked like a very nasty injury um so yeah him him being out changes the complexion of their team entirely um but this palace team is is on their day a very very good exciting team to watch so hopefully it's a good game hopefully it's a really good good game for the neutral so what score are you going I think I think it'll be another one of those where Newcastle dig deep and they they get a result. I'd pr- but I can see both teams going. I'll go two one Newcastle. I'll go two one Newcastle on the road. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll go two two because I did have one more, but you guys have stolen it. So I can't keep, can't hold three. I'll go two one Palace because I'm just gonna be different. I'm, I'm gonna go two one Palace. Well, let um, me just I'll just let me just grab the odds there one second. Uh, well, go on. You can explain the odds. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, bookmakers.com. The best price available. For a Palace win is with Bet Victor at 17 to 5. William Hill have got 5 to 2 to draw. And the best price for Newcastle is 4 to 5, uh, 5 to 4 on, which is 4 to 5 for Bet, uh, Betway for an away win. So, I mean, the bookies have pretty much all decided that Palace ain't getting nothing out of this. That it, oh. it looks like they've, they're coming down the lines of a comfortable enough. Away win, 
I just look at Palace, I think, with the pace they have going forward and the one-on-one skill that they have going forward, they'd be okay. As long as they can keep it tight at the back, it'll be a good game. I mean, I think it's the late kickoff tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, so it'll be worth the watch for sure. Oh, someone saying in the embargo section, there's talk of a new deal for Milner. All oh, right, okay. I'll, what, I, <laughs> what, what I will say is... Uh, I'm not surprised by it, by the way. Yeah, what I will say is I'll watch the actual video because yeah. we, we've seen it on We've seen like part of a sentence used and when you re- hear the full sentence, it's not quite as it's phrased. Uh, but just give you an idea. Some said he's incredibly valuable to us. I know it's not because I'm too loyal. That's a fact. But then it also says... Millie wants to carry on playing, but we have we have a plan. So I don't know what the plan is. Oh, I coach. Out in the summer. That's the only could thing. Be a play, could be a player coach. It could be doing what Jack, uh, what we're doing with Spearing, or is it Liverpool extend it and put them on low? Just send them out or low? No. And when you come back, come back as a coach. They, I can see what they want to keep him for a coaching role, which would make sense. Yeah, I look. I'd be surprised if there's two extensions offered to players who are out of contract in the summer. And he would be one. Uh, pure and simply, I, do, I think it'll be more along the lines of a play, pay-as-you-play type of role. And mm. at the end of the day, if we do our summer business properly, he's not playing. He, will be, he ain't going to be playing. But that's um, up to the club. I mean, at the end of the day, people turn around, uh, you trust the manager, well, trust the manager. Yeah. yeah. We'll it's see. like a lot, an awful lot of phrases around Liverpool. You know, uh, you'll never walk alone up until I decided uh, I want a new signing. Or I I trust Jurgen Klopp to make the right decisions. Well, trust him then. I mean, don't try second guessing him. She says there's a plan. There's a plan. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Right, let's talk about the two most informed sides in the in the league. Um, Arsenal versus Man United. Both teams five wins, one draw. Both got the same goal difference. I think they both scored the same number of goals. They, you know, these cannot be separated by very much. So Arsenal at home, no. Jesus, Noel Nenny, and for United though, they've got a few out. They've got no Van der Beek, no Delot, uh, obviously Greenwood's still suspended. Casemiro is suspended after his playing the ball tackle, according to the Which manager. Ball? I mean, I mean, Which ball? I thought it was, I thought it was left, left or right. right. Left or right. <laughs> I mean, it's a, sister tackle, it's a sister tackle around the knees. I'm surprised he didn't get a red, to be honest. I mean, it, the, that was a doubt around Marshall and Sancho, I'll be honest. I don't he's know. back training, apparently. He's back training, but but I don't he ain't know. Gonna gonna be, gonna be, yeah, yeah, he ain't going to be anywhere near the first team. But uh, so, you, Jack, um, this should be a good, this should be an exciting game. This, this, you know, Arsenal obviously want to keep the pressure, keep the pressure on um, City because they've got they've got themselves a, a nice cushion. Um, but if United have any sort of eyes on spoiling the party, trying to get themselves in the title race or consolidating top four, they probably want to, they probably need something out of this game, really. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. I mean, it's, it's kind of nostalgic seeing Arsenal and United kind of battling out near the top of the league, being the two best sides in the league. To be fair, like it's 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 kind of refreshing. Um, I was it's saying this, uh, maybe, oh, that's maybe, maybe for you, maybe okay. for you. But um, yeah, it's it's nice to see like there seemed, and I, I don't mean this disrespectfully because mm. Liverpool and City over the last few years have been two of the best sides the Premier League seen, but it, it is refreshing to see other sides in the title race, especially when you're somebody who. Minus the one season, like was is always out of the title race. Like it's it's nice to just have that little bit of competition again at the top, and not in a disrespectful way to you lot because you've, you've oh, phenomenal, you've been phenomenal. Right. It's just this Arsenal team is is really 
really good. Like it's it's a really good side that Arteta's built, and I think I think it it's it took balls for the Arsenal to keep the faith with him because actually they had any any number of opportunities to sack him, and, and other clubs would have done. And they're reaping the rewards for that. He's he's clearly building a culture there that a lot of the players are responding to, and he's he's made some incredibly good signings like Jesus and Zinchenko were surplus to requirements at City, and now they're like incredibly influential in this Arsenal team. And United, again, similarly to what Arsenal did with Arteta, they seem to have given Ten Hag full control over over the the running of the club, which they haven't done to anyone else really. And it's 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 paying dividends for them. They both look in incredible form and it's, it, it should be, as you say, Chris, a, a really, really good game. Um, and, but then now I've said that it will be nil, nil and it'll be a board. It'll, 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 it'll be the worst game you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kev, Kev, what a fake praise, but it, this is something you haven't said for United. They like the plane to a plan. They actually look, when you look at United, you're thinking there's a plan for what he's doing with the players he's got, which I will probably say for three or four years before, it was so scattered, and you were just like, I generally don't know where's who's playing where, what they're doing. You know, it felt so easy to pick holes in it. They've signed the right players, and Casemiro, Ericsson's been excellent for them. Um, I could understand why his fans are still a bit unhappy with the ownership because of not they end up having to go and get Beckhorst, so who's, who's a decent enough sense for, but that's clearly not the player that. He's been doing protests about the owners, or, or was that stopping yeah. yeah, They're winning now, aren't they? So. Yeah, no, no, oh, they, still, they, still, they still, they still, happen, but well, there's no, there's no Norwich. There was, I didn't see too many Norwich, Norwich scarves uh, on display over the last few weeks. Uh, Casemiro is a huge miss. Um, he's got to be an absolute. I mean, he should be suspended for three games. That was a horrific tackle, yeah. and it was just goes to highlight again the standard of refereeing in the Premier League is atrocious. But it's more, all in it's all, more, it's all the. Uh, Technology official bar. Yeah, he's got but, three views. He's got three views, but it should be able to see it's a bad time. Yeah, it's but that's by the by. I mean, the thing is, they're both really good sides mm. playing good football. Um, I could see United sitting in playing on the break, and see Arsenal trying to dominate the ball and succeeding and looking to cut Arsenal cut Manchester United open and create chances. It'll be very similar to the last game. And I think there's goals on both sides. Um, United are are good if you give them the ball and you allow them to be good. But they still revert to type. You know, They still look to play on the counter-attack when all else fails. They're very good at it, don't get me wrong. But when you have Casemiro on the six, that gives you so many different options. When you don't, that really does it really can expose the back four to things that they normally don't have to face and above all games for him to get suspended away at arsenal is not the one you want to be suspended for especially when he was, he looked like he was just about to be taken yeah. off as well look whatever faint whatever faint hopes they had of getting into a title race ended for me at palace you they're not in a position where they can afford to drop uh, any points, you know, they really had to go on a long run between now and the end of the season. And I think dropping two points against Palace and potentially three against Arsenal ends them. It'll be they'll be top four, and as long as they can stay motivated to stay in the top four and do well, I think they're in the comp- are they in the Europa League or the conference. 
Europa League got Barcelona. Euro- yeah, Europa League. If they can get through Barcelona, then they have a good chance at winning that. And if they win that, they qualify for the Champions League as a right anyway. And Ten Hag will want to end the season with silverware. I think so they'll win I the Carabao Cup. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Hmm. The thing is, it's, Rashford is in good form. Um, but you look at Arsenal, there's so many threats from different areas. Even Martinelli's yeah. been off the boil. And he still looks a, a proper player. You know, I just think Arsenal have too much for him on the day. I think 3-2. I see goals in it for both sides. I think, I think Arsenal know that that comeback from Man City last night signaled they're not going to go away. As much as they were atrocious in their first half, they had a rocket up them in the second half and they tore Tottenham to shreds. Did you see Pep's post-match? Yeah, I did. And he was yeah. right in everything that he said. And the thing is, <coughs> they're not going to go away. And if Arsenal... Want to know what it feels like to be in a title race? That's Here it is. Felt. That's how yeah. it felt like. Yeah, and it's just like, when you just when you thought Man City are going to go away, they don't. And it's and really like this now until every game. Yeah. It's, it, if you if you go on the right side, screen, it's fucking tiring, mate. And it has been on the other. It is so. exhausting, but yeah, I've got it down as a three-two, um, a three-two to Arsenal. It'll be great. It'll be. It'll probably be the best game of the weekend, technically, tactically. It'll be right up there. And yeah, it's going to be a cracker. Look, really looking forward to watching it. Luke, so Kev's now jinxed this so much now. It's going to be the most dire nil really ever, so. you've ever seen in your life. That Sky turned it off with 10 minutes to go. Going, lads, don't worry about it. We'll text you when it's finished. Uh, what score are you going? Um, I don't know who's saying it's Kev again. I think I'll go. I think I'll go with Desmond 2 2. Oh, so you so you nick at my score instead. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I'll go two two. I think I saw some things that Eric um, with some something in United training that, that there was pictures of uh, Lissandro Martinez playing in like the in in the six. Would that be for see if that happens? Played played that for awesome. Martinez to be stuck on Odegaard just to walk around and just follow him around the whole game because I reckon that if, if United to get anything out of the game. They're going to have to keep him quiet as possible, yeah. just like what they did to Kevin De Bruyne um, at yeah. Old Trafford. Just have someone on him, just keep an eye on him, like Herrera did the Hazard. Just, just follow him around the pitch, make sure get tight to him. Um, yeah, both uh, both teams are doing re- really, really well. I think with United, I don't think that they were ever going to be in the title race. So I find I, I, I did see it a bit hilarious when some United fans online were like saying, "Oh, we're in a title race." Then the Georgia Palace. The only argument I come back to that, right? And I'll just quickly say this: there were Arsenal on forty-seven, right? If United beat Palace, they'd have been on forty-one, and having to play Arsenal twice. So they were in with a shot of taking six points off Arsenal, which would have put them level. Hmm. So you know they were in with a sneaking, a sneak. Nothing more. I think that's why the City wins. The City wins a bit of a yeah. The City Arsenal win sort because... of. Like if you look at Arsenal, you're going. Fans. Yeah, because if you if you're Arsenal, you're going. I'm seven points clear, which is great. Look, she's probably seven points clear than seven points behind. But you've got to play City twice. You can play United twice. None of them four are gimmies. You know, you see Arsenal could lose all four of them. There's no disgrace in losing all four of them because they're difficult games. And all of a sudden, you're going. Oh, hang on, that that that, that leads eroded really really quickly. So this is big for Arsenal as well. It, it's it's a must not lose for Arsenal. I would say. Yeah, like sorry, Nate, Nate. What Chris was saying is right. I was wrong. They don't have to play Arsenal twice, but 
Arsenal yeah. had to play Man City uh, twice, I think. Twice, yeah. They've got yeah, to play three times. So well. there was potential for them to drop a, a savage amount of points. And it just so happens that the way they dropped the two points at Palace, this could be the nail in, the final nail in the coffin for them. Arsenal have to win. It's as simple as that. I don't think it's a must not lose. I think it's a must win. Yeah, for any 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 drop points, and you're just inviting City ever it's closer. Mad, isn't um, it mad? Like a few years ago, a draw against United was all right. Now it's like fucking hell. Can't, nah, now it's like nope. You can't draw against. There's no need for this. It's not allowed. So, yeah. But right. hey, good luck, Arsenal fans, because it's stressful from here on out. Yeah, <laughs> you're thinking that nice. City's lost, and then they. Exactly. Also, if, what, if what? I could prefer having having experienced both. I much prefer the stress of the title race than. The chase for the top four. Top four chases are shit. Yeah. So... It's usually you get it if you're not so shit. Consistent. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just shows you're inconsistent, which is which is little to tea this year. So let's do a couple of quick fire ones. Jack, Fulham Monday night at home to Spurs. <clears throat> I really like Fulham. I think that I think they're really good this year. So I'd go and Spurs are hit and miss. So I depends which Spurs turn up. I'll go score draw one all. One all. Luke. Two on Fulham. Like, I've really liked Fulham. I think Marcus Silva's done a great job considering mm-hmm. how poorly he'd done at Everton. I think yeah. Fulham was the right club for him. He's been backed. Two yeah. on Fulham. Kev? Yeah, I think I'd have gone to say two on Fulham. As, as long as Mitrovic is back, I back Fulham to get a win. But if he's not back, score a draw, 1-1. Okay, I've got 2-2. Two, two. Right, so before we talk about the last two, the last two games, don't forget, everyone, um, our charity drive Details in the description below. Uh, so our charity work we're doing this year is raising money for uh, breast cancer. Uh, so there's 11 amazing women who are going to... 12 now. 12. 12. Well, is Gav doing it? No. Different. <laughs> I is... Gav, Gav said he was 12 man before. You know, no. So... There, is, there is 12 women now doing it. Even better now. So there's 12 yeah. women who are going to run the Dublin Marathon, which just sounds horrendous because I couldn't think of it. Anything more painful than running a marathon? So fair play, because you know not many people can be able to do it. So we're trying to get to twenty thousand for them. So I think we've started now. I think we're at one thousand four hundred. Uh, Kieran Thorne has already donated three hundred pound. I believe he's going to donate the rest soon. So you know we've already got, got big donations. So listen, details in the description below. We know times are hard. We've done these sort of things before. So if you can donate, donate. As Kev always says, fives and tens will get you there. If you can't donate. Just share it, WhatsApp groups, wherever you are. If you want posters to put up somewhere to for the for the uh, the links, message us. We'll we'll get we'll get we'll get them sent over to you. So whatever you can, because look, let's be a fair. Cancer's horrible. It's it's an absolute bastard. So anything you can do to raise money for this is got to help. Because unfortunately, it's a, just a horrible disease that touches far far too many families. And unfortunately, it will touch any everybody's family at some point. It's just one of those nasty things. So if you can give to that. That'd be, that'd be great. Right. So, to also put us on a happy note before we talk about Liverpool, um, West Ham Everton. I know it's a quick fire, but we, we, can, have a laugh. we can have a laugh for five minutes, Kev. Um, West Ham versus Everton. This is literally whoever loses getting the sack in it. Yeah, it is. It's. Um, I think Moyes looked. I, I watched a bit of Moyes' press conference on, that was on Sky today, and uh, he's almost resigned to it, I think. Um, the signings that they brought in in the summer haven't worked out. They spent savage money. They spent huge money in the summer for a club like West Ham. You know, they spent huge. 
bringing in the likes of Paqueta, Skamaka, and all of these players, it hasn't worked, and it doesn't look like working. They look brittle. They look, they look like the legs have gone from under them. And I would say they have enough to get out of it. I think they need to. I think those players need a fresh voice. They need to hear something different, someone different, because is that why it's, it's the, just too much? Is that yeah. where the Danny Ink signing's a bit, a bit smart because he he gives you goals, and uh, as long as clear, as long as Danny class. Ink stays healthy, he'll get your goals. I think I, I get the impression from everyone who's ever had them at their club, he's a good character around the yeah. the club. He get you know, I suppose you could have a laugh at joke. I think I think he pulls a standard up as well. So I, I sort of feel I, maybe that's the freshness they needed up front. Just someone. I think it was telling as well. I think it was telling as well with Lampard when he was in his press conference talking about Danny Ings. I honestly believe Everton were in for him. And he probably, hopefully, I'd like to think it was because of the fact that he played for us, but I doubt it. I just honestly think he he looks at it and thought, I can go go back to playing in Liverpool or I can go and live in London for however long. And, and, try and, and play, and, play in Europe as well because West Ham. Yeah, it's it's the Europe football. It's the fact that you're playing in a hell of a stadium. You're playing to full houses every week, and you're playing in London. You live, you go and live in London for six months. Ashley L's correct. Uh, Ings does love a claret and blue kit. <laughs> he does. He does look good yeah, in yeah. claret and blue. Fair play to Danny. <laughs> he does. He does, but, he does like claret and blue. That's that's. A, but they they have to sort this out. I mean, the thing is, there's too many good players in that squad. In that's side not performing now either they're sick and tired of hearing what the manager's saying which is highly possible or they're just not physically able to do what they want to do which is even more more of a problem because then it's not it's not a case of changing the manager and turning the fortunes around are they suffering from the same thing that say some people said about liverpool chelsea city to extent is the amount of games they had to cover last season because i mean you know west Ham went deep into the europa conference yeah you know, is that just caught up with it? And again, was it? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Not letting the rise go in the summer. I think I mean. the difference between us and West Ham is the fact that West Ham really did invest in the summer. We really True. didn't. You know, and the players that they brought in weren't really squad options. West Ham brought in players to replace their starting players and relegate their starting players to be squad options. Maybe that didn't go down well in the dressing room. You know, yeah. It, it could be a combination of a lot of things, but ultimately, this is, as someone said in the chat earlier, huge six-pointer. I got it down as, I think West Ham get a win. Uh, I think it'll be a scuttery 1-0, but I think it'll be the nail in Fat Frank's coffin, to be honest. I've got a 2-0 Danny Ings double. <laughs> Jack, what have you got? Um, <clears throat> well, if I'm being selfish and thinking about our situation, a draw would be nice, but... Um... <laughs> I think I think West Ham might win because I think that the kind of emotion around the day with the whole David Gold situation might, um, obviously him passing away recently, I think that might be something that just sort of pulls them over the line. But West Ham have got a better team. I'd, I'd probably go West Ham 1-0 as well. Luke? Nil, nil. It's going to be so boring. So it's going to be Lampard in the job because I really want to take Everton down. And I think Everton uh, got a strong chance of going down this season because they are horrible to watch. Archie says one one. Archie says one one. No one's getting sacked, Chris. Or oh, one one. They both go. Could be either. <laughs> <laughs> you can argue that one as well. Um, 
Did I, did we do City Wolves? I feel like I, I don't think oh, we did. Also, we no. just forget about them. I've got two one City just to get out of the way. Kev. Um. Yeah, I think City will beat them, but I think the the amount of games Wolves have played in the last few weeks, I think it's got to catch up with them. They put an awful lot into that game, that League Cup game. They really did. They emptied the tank on that. Mm. Uh, I think City could expose them four or five. Great. Jack? Uh, I reckon City, like, probably tough game for an hour and then City's quality and depth just edges it at the end. 2-0. Okay. Luke? 3-0. Wolves look toothless up front and they've just let Guedes gone back to Manfica on loan. So, as if they're not looking... Uh, uh, they can't score goals and letting attackers go. So, ah, it's a good yeah. tactic, isn't it? <laughs> uh, as Red Steve said about the other game, last of match of a day guaranteed. <coughs> Christmas. I mean, Kev, what's match of a day? I'm Mate, watching. I'm just, I'm just hoping I'm able to watch match of the day. I, <laughs> you know, I, I'll take, I'll take watching match of the day tomorrow as a sign. That will be I've a sign. Wa- I've watched match of the day since we beat Villa. <laughs> I've watched match of the day eight times this season. I've not watched it at all. Red uh, eight wins this season in the league. Well, listen, match of day, but match of day, match of day when it's live, that was quite entertaining. But mm. we'll move on for various reasons. <laughs> We're not going to definitely. We are definitely not going into those reasons here tonight. If you, if you want to know what it is, just go to YouTube. You'll, I'm sure you'll be able to find the reasons. I, I'm sure the whole chat knows exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh. Right. So Liverpool versus Chelsea. Liverpool eighth in the form guy for the last six games, although they're on the same they're on the same form as Brighton, just goal difference and. Chelsea, 11th in the form guy. Two wins, one draw, three losses in the last six. So, we're talking about, you know, proper mid-table funness, isn't it? <laughs> we thought these days have gone. So, mid-table mediocrity for both. It, it does feel that. Like, but again, this is... Both sides need the win, Kev. Both sides can't afford to lose. Liverpool have got uh, a few... Obviously, still got no Jota, no Diaz, no Van Dijk, uh, no Arthur Mello. Yes, he's still a thing. Uh, no the, Bobby. Uh, well, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we should we know Bobby because he's not been mentioned, so he must still be out. So Nunes is probably back, which is a, again a pace option which we need. Chelsea have got ten out at the moment, and then there's can I, but Kante, of course, who's Kante's been like, I'm already expecting him to be in the starting lineup, ready to rock and roll. Listen, Jack, Jack loves. I'm sure Jack loves Kante, but I was going as a little fan. It's it's so annoying. He can be injured all year. He comes back for two games, and he's brilliant every time and that's why we dislike him because he's so good he's such mm-hmm. a good player and Rhys James is training Kev so whether that means he's going to be in the squad no. tomorrow I would doubt it but no, it's I positive don't. that he's training because yeah. they don't look the same side about him so so I've had a quick bit of look on bookmakers.com just to try and see what they think the starting level is going to be so this is what they think we're going to see for Chelsea Kepper in goal Corella and uh, Shalabar at fullbacks. Thiago Silva and Benoit, the new signing. So that's the back four. Then it's probably looking at Gallagher, Mount, and then it's probably... Now, is Kovacic fit? Because the question about so. his fitness. So it should be him. And then you would assume be Havertz, Ziyech, and one more, I would assume. Because I think Pulisic is out. Sterling is out. Yeah. Uh, Felix yeah. is out because he, he did a hor- horrific tackle. Mudrick will start. Mudrick. Mm. Mudrick will start. Yeah, Mudrick will probably start, but he'll probably only get an hour. The thing is, I watched Chelsea they, when they, I think they beat Palace last time out. It was one nil, and they, they always they looked like they were they threatened to be they threatened to be good. 
mm. at times. And it was like watching us in a lot of ways. It was the last ball. It was a poor decision in the final third. It was opening the door when it shouldn't have been opened. And, you know, car crash defending to block out shots. Kepa made some outstanding saves in that game. But the one thing that you can look at both sides is they're consistently inconsistent. So are we. It's a Our home form has bailed us out of of being in I think, absolute dire straits. I think we've only dropped points in three games at home, which is similar to, I think, I think only Arsenal and City are better. And yeah. Newcastle are up there. But our away form is two away wins in the yeah, league all season. Sure. Diabolical. That's, that's, mean, what the, that's what the problem is. You'll know tomorrow when you see the team sheets, you'll know how the game is going to go. You know, you'll know what type of game it's going to be when you see the team sheets. And look at the Klopp's press conference today. He I was he was asked to, he was asked a question about Stefa Bajicic, Bajicic, and it was Steph to his do you, Yeah, do you think do you think he's ready for the step up? And Klopp's reply was like, "Well, he was injured for two games, and then we used him when he was first available." Which to me is 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 literally yeah he's he, he's, he's, an he's been in every, he's in he's he's been in probably seventy percent of the matchday squads yeah there most of it in and around the squad I think and let's be fair we brought him on I know we won three one at Villa but we brought him on at two one we didn't bring him on at like you know, the easy time it, yeah he was brought on to see the game out you know which to be fair to young young that's showing a bit of confidence in the young player go again. My, so, I think he, I think Klopp sees him as a viable midfield option, and if he's fit and ready, he'll play him. But my worry is the way he came off against Wolves and the type of football that we played against Wolves—that four-one-four-one for that second half where we parked the bus and mm. just said to Wolves, "You know, break us down." That ate him. That absolutely ate his legs, and he came off on seventy minutes with cramp. And look, he's he'll have a couple of days to recover. If he gets a start tomorrow, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Genuinely no, no, wouldn't. Uh, on form, he, he should start. He's playing well enough. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to putting him in against anyone. You know, so if he starts, fine. But I look at, around the rest of the pitch, I looked at the Wolves, I watched the Wolves game back because on the night it was just you you know, I was absolutely it was made relief. up with the, it was, it was relief, relief, but I was made up with the performance, right? But then I watched it back. For four, for the first 45 minutes, the interplay and the passing was good. But for the second half, it, we created absolute, virtually nothing. We never threatened Wolves going the other way in that second half entirely. Chelsea are a much better side than Wolves. And the, second will, half, the second half definitely felt like... Um, what you have, you hold. Yeah, don't lose it. And yeah. it, it felt like the squad had set up for that, which was almost like, hold it for an hour, and then we throw on Doak, Salah. We throw on the pace then and go like... Yeah. In the end, well, it flipped the other way. We got a goal ahead, and they went right. We'll throw the pace up front now and go. And basically, it, it, it was the ultimate game of chicken with wolves, wasn't it? How how much do you want to commit? Because we'll hit you on the break, which is yeah, it's not a bad tactic, but it's just a we, we just don't do it very often because we're ne- we're never going to be ahead. To be fair, yeah. Look, I just I just, I don't know what we're going to do, and I don't know how we're going to line up, which is weird. You know, having watched Liverpool for years, especially under Klopp for the last few years, you pretty much know what we're going to do. And when you know how he wants to play. I've no idea what he's talking about with this reset and how he wants to go 
you know, this back to basics stuff and look at who's available and what he wants to do. I don't know what he's going to do. I, tomorrow's his thousandth game in charge as a manager. Yeah. So, you know, f- for over 23 year career. And if he lined up tomorrow with Stefan Harvey Carvalho starting, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, to, according to Dominic King, there's a, some stuff going on saying uh, Milner is really pushing to, to be the starting 11, hmm. which I'm assuming, well, it's either going to be full-back, which means Trent's picking hope, a knock, yeah, or, or or he's decided that I want you to do an hour in midfield, which I, think I don't know. Is. I think, I think you're asking for trouble with Milner when he's just come back from hamstring and go do back-to-back. I mean, I, I don't think you're too far off of what you had up as a Chelsea lineup. Chelsea's riddled with injuries. You had spent a fortune and brought in a rake of new players and what have you. But we've no idea what, how the hell they're going to line up. We've no idea how they're going to play. Potter, from the time he took over from Tommy Tuchel, has probably changed the lineup more times than anyone has ever changed the lineup in the history of football. And he's no further forward without. He wants Chelsea to look. So I don't know how the hell you prepare for a side like that. The only thing you could do is set up to be solid yourself and look to hit in the break and look to, when you have the ball, to manage manage possession. Mm-hmm. Jack, as the, uh, the the outsider looking in, because mm-hmm. you know, we, we try not to be, it's hard not to be in your Liverpool bubble. Like everyone, you can't help being in your own know, yeah. bubble. Outside looking in, how are you seeing both clubs how things are going to go? Um, with with Liverpool, I'll start with I'll start with you guys. Obviously, um, and comparing it to our situation, like, does it frustrate you, like, as a fan, saying we are crying out for a player in this position and that you never sign them? Like, we've been crying out for a right winger since Mares left, and we've never signed one that's any good, or we've oh, only yeah. signed them on loan. But for you guys, like, as an outsider, you are missing. Like since you lost Wijnaldum and since the energy's kind of gone from your like midfield and uh, the drop off with Fabinho, I don't know what's going on there, but like that that is what you are missing from being a top team again. Because I think if Van Dijk has that protection, he doesn't look quite as vulnerable as he has at times this season. The forward line is still incredible, but like, does it frustrate you to be like this is where we need to improve, and yet the club can't seem to identify that as well, or they can't bring in the right oh. player? Yeah, yeah, it, it does. I mean, listen, me and, Ke- I mean, me, and Kev, me and Kev said, like, I don't know how many more times you can say the same thing. Because we mm. also, I think nearly everyone on the Trippers, we, everyone with Trippers said, we should have added a midfielder in the summer. Mm. But there were two reasons we didn't. Well, the financial question is always there. Mm. And, you know, it depends which, which part of social media you believe, which part of the side you believe. But at the moment, we, we actually don't have a space in the squad. Uh, physically for the squad rules to do it um, we would have done if we'd moved earlier but we left it so late and then we brought in Arthur Mello who did an, a fabulous 13 minutes makes I believe no sense. well it did, it did make sense Luke. we needed another mid no, I know, I know. it made no sense to leave it so late in, in the window yeah when... that was the frustration it was what? a frustration it's a combination thing it? Look, Klopp got it wrong recruitment got it wrong the owners got it wrong <clears> but again I do wonder sometimes with Klopp but also maybe the recruitment they get overly fixated on a particular player, which was, we all know too many. That's the lad mm. they wanted. He chose Real Madrid. Because they were so fixed on him or that type. It was a bit like blinkers, like, well, we're not going to, we can't go for anyone else because it's not him. Mm. And you're a bit like... Sort of sat on the hands sure. and knees and just waited. 
yeah, I get you want to know the midfield, which was never yeah. happen. I get Liverpool want to lead midfield, they do want to lead midfield, but but we need three in the summer, so there must be a mid range target that we had. I don't know why we never tried to pull the trigger on that a year mm. earlier. Now, listen, we don't think Nunes, and then there was a report saying that Linders was high on him, Cop wasn't so high on him. Then I think there was obviously Ruben Neves as well that was linked, but like Liverpool in the summer was odd because everything that everyone praised Liverpool of knew what they wanted, got the business done early. Uh, the summer was the complete opposite. It like too many went to Real Madrid and then we were like, we'll wait another okay, year, we'll yeah. just wait, which made yeah. no sense. And I think right. Ox got injured. Like when there was rumblings of him going, he got injured, which I thought was quite funny. Maybe he heard the rumblings and thought, right, the hamstring is going to go now, so I get to stay here for a bit longer. Um, but I'm not sure you can feel yeah. the medical department with that, though. Yeah. Uh, I think the first look, I can only speak for me. The frustration I, I have with Liverpool recently with more than midfield recruitment is we've probably stopped doing, I think, Kevin, you call that the smart, the, the smart moves. You know, we speak, you know, who used to call Liverpool the smartest people in the room where. You'd find a Canate who had a release clause which was clearly below what he should have been worth. You know, I find it very hard to believe Liverpool can't or wouldn't be able to find somebody who would add to the squad. Now, maybe they're not a starting 11 player, but they're someone who's your first sub and you go, well, that's what to bring on and that's going to put pressure on someone. That's the little bit I find, I've always found a little bit frustrating, but, yeah. you know. But the other side is it doesn't, it still doesn't, you couldn't. I never saw the drop off in Fabinho coming. Not to the level, and just the drop off with Fabinho and Henderson together, coupled with the injuries that happened with Naby not being available, Thiago missing six six games. It's just been one after the other after the other where you couldn't. Diaz do, yeah, Diaz doing his knee twice when he's in form. Then you, know? you throw yeah, you throw Diaz Jota. Firmino, when he was having his best season for a good while, out, you know, as well. And then to top off with the icing on the cherry on the cake, you lose Darwin for a couple of games as well, which means you sign Cody Gakpo. By the way, Cody, you're coming into a shithole. Yeah. You know, have fun. Yeah, Enjoy yourself. And then, unfortunately, you know? the ones who are getting the most stick at the moment is kids. You know, Harvey Ellis got dogs abuse. Um, yeah. I think he can play in the midfield for Liverpool, but I think he's got to play in a functioning midfield. At the moment, the two of the lads next to him aren't functioning, so I can't yeah. knack us a little bit. On the wing, I mean, but that's me personally. For but all that's... of the doom and gloom of me, I'm looking at it and think I still fancy us to beat Chelsea tomorrow. Hmm. I still think we get a 2 1 win, but no game against Chelsea is ever easy. No. It's always no what, hard. It's no always what hard. No matter what form. And, but you look at it, if Darwin's back and he starts. He's, you know, you hope that he come he comes back into the side, raring to go, you know, and just blood up, and the crowd will be up for it. The away fans in the Wolves game were fantastic. You expect more of the same tomorrow for twelve thirty against Chelsea. You expect Anfield to be absolutely bouncing, and I just I hope we can replicate parts of what we saw in the Wolves game tomorrow, and we get three points. It, we we ha we need to start stop. We need to stop talking about the need to win games and just go and win games. Yeah, yeah, win, yeah. I think I think the pressure is actually on Chelsea tomorrow. Though I think when you're starting to splash all that cash and you're bringing in these 
I mean, I don't, I don't know if Modric's an elite player or not because he's been playing in Ukraine. Like the price tag suggests that he should be, but like the fact that they're spending so much money and they're bringing in players, like they've already brought in the the other Fafana from Molde, who wasn't that expensive, but then they brought in Badia Shile, they've brought in Modric now. Like there is pressure on them to perform. Like when you spend that money, you've got to hit the ground running. These aren't players that can be bedded in. And I think if you compare that to your situation, obviously you want to win, but actually. The pressure's on Chelsea, I think, to perform. The fact that they've they've got to justify spending that sort of money, in like they've nearly spent five hundred million in one season. Like I think I've just seen has- something on Twitter saying that they have been investigated for trying to get around Premier League FFP rules by handing out five plus year deals hmm. so regularly. So they're already being investigated. But the question um, is, they were unheard of before this, weren't they? Like those those long term yeah. deals like that. Yeah. But the question is. Is, it, is there a rule that says you can't do that? Because if there isn't a rule, Chelsea would go, well, no one says I can't do it. Yeah, you can't enforce it, can you? It's can't not enforce like... it. Yeah. This is why the 25-man squad came. Because yeah. remember when Blackpool, he basically put on a weekend 11 against United. Hmm. And he got told, he got fined for it. And he said, like, and I knew what the manager was doing. He's going, like, but I've got a game next week which I can win. Hmm. I'm not going to beat, it's a best level, I'm not going to beat United. So I'm going to swap my squad around. And again, it's one of those funny rules. At the end of the day, that's, if you, if you can do it, you can do it. I mean, the yeah. question is, do I other clubs haven't tried it? As far as I know so far, it's £463 million Chelsea have spent in the last two transfer windows, and they're not finished in this transfer window yet. That's more so, than the club. That, that's the, you look um, at the Deloitte figures, and that's more than what Chelsea's whole revenue is for the calendar year. Hmm. And it's not like... They have a huge ground that they can absorb this kind of hit with because you look at it. Look, I mean, it's a whole show, and I'm sure that over the next week, you know, when the window closes, we'll go through it a lot more. I just look at it and I think, how the hell are you supposed to compete with that? Even mm-hmm. no, hands up, what are you supposed to do? You even, know, City, I mean, th- even City with at their peak. Never did this. We're, we're doing this. I'm, I might go on a bit of a philosophical rant here, so shut them up if we run out of time. Like, but I just think football at the moment is unsustainable. I think that's what yeah. we're getting. We're getting to that point. Like the mm. fact that pr- every club in the Premier League, to an extent, has debt, and most businesses in the real world would be getting some sort of punishment or some sort of like winding up order or something for being the level of debt they are. Chelsea had their debt written off. And now, so that means that Todd Bowley's gone. That's okay. I can build up more debt because we just had all our debt written off in this in the takeover. So there's no worry about us going back into debt because we were there anyway. It got written off. Every club's in debt anyway. So what's what's the Football big issue? Bubble. Yeah, exactly. And it's it, it is unsustainable. I, I don't yeah, think it has to. It has to at some point. It has people, to because yeah. we keep well. People keep funding it by going buying merchandise, going to going to games and and stuff. Like that. I think that's why. The bubble has not yet burst because mm. fans are still going. But when it can't, until people can't afford it, the bubble's still going to be there. It's going to get bigger. But, people are going to restrain themselves even more to make sure that they can get the season tickets, the kits, uh, go to games, and stuff like that. So for yeah, I mean, until no, that happens, the bubble's still going to keep growing. I just come back to one thing that I saw today: Sheffield United are under a transfer embargo now. And they're a club in the championship with a decent turnover, with a decent 
amount of people who turn up every week, you know, to watch them. They're under transfer embargo for non-payment of transfer of, of legacy of historical transfer fees owed. Mm. So, I mean, it won't take long. For a, I've said this for a long time, a Premier League club will do a bury, a hundred percent. It's only a matter of who it's going to be. Let's not talk about the uh, the things we've just borrowed from the bank, shall we? And then say, <laughs> say that in the same <laughs> podcast. But, but, but you know what I mean? It, it's like... Look at Juve as well. Look at Juve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you look at, but then you look at the flip side, the other end of the spectrum. Sorry, sorry, Kev. Like, yeah, you no, the other end right. of the spectrum. And you've got Scunthorpe have been issued a winding up order for a few hundred thousand pounds. Berries was a few hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. Um, Southend have been told they've got been set a date to pay. And these are small, small figures like it's literally like the annual wage of some of the Premier League players, let alone mm. what a club's actually worth. Like you can't have—I know it's five leagues apart, granted—but like you, you can't have clubs in half a billion pounds worth of debt, and you're like, oh, that's fine, they can carry on spending, but then be saying to other clubs, which are the the lifeblood lifeblood of some communities, and go, oh, well, no, you're done for a few hundred thousand pounds. That that can't be a sustainable way to manage. And Stanley made three pound profit off the FA Cup tie. Three yeah. pound profit, yeah. but then that's another thing though that you're putting you're putting crap games on TV. Like I'm not being funny. All, all Premier League ties, I, unless it's like unless it is like a Liverpool v City, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch Leeds v Villa in the FA Cup. I would rather watch uh, a conference team play against a, a, a Championship team because that TV revenue is that makes their season. I can't. I think it was one of the other teams. It might have been Boreham Wood last year. I think they got to the fourth round. That funded their whole transfer window and and more as well. Like. It, this this yeah. summer they they look like going well again in the conference like it's it's so good for them but yeah, yeah. no I think it is I think pro okay it's probably a show we can do I think probably post post transfer window it's definitely something we get Jack back on we we'll perhaps have a bit more of a chat about yeah 100%. where's 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 football going because also we can look we know our clubs are for sale I'm leaving this way at the moment we're pretty much know now you've got you've got to be bought by a country or bought by a multi billionaire. To look, be best, to, to, to be competitive, that's the way now. The truth is, you've got to cheat to win. You've got to invent sponsors and hope they have a LinkedIn page and hope nobody goes to check. Or you've got to be state-owned. And the thing is, Liverpool, I can only speak for, for us, right? We're, we're run sustainably, which means we spend what we earn. Be it on wages or transfer fees, infrastructure, whatever. We spend what we earn. That's how a business, a household, a football club should be run. Any notion that a, a football club or any sporting club, to be honest, but a football club can it should be allowed to run on debt, debt on, a, on a credit card, on an endless credit card, makes a complete mockery of the league. It, it makes a mockery of everyone who pays £100 a month to Sky to watch their product. Yeah, totally and agree. It just takes us takes the, the Mickey out of everyone. And the idea that you have people saying, Well, spend X, Y, and Z to compete. No, you, you can't compete with cheats. Because if you turn around and say FSG, put another 50 million quid in every transfer window, fine. Man City will go and put 150 million and they'll just come up with another sponsor deal somewhere in the Middle East or somewhere in Asia or somewhere in America and just pick out phantom figures out of the middle of fresh air. And just plug another hole. Does anyone seriously think that Manchester City turn over more revenue than Real Madrid? Nope. Nobody in their right mind. The difference between the Man City figures and Liverpool figures is that we have to declare them. 
Man City have declared them and are very creative. But look, that's that's another show for another night. But look, I mean, tomorrow, anyone want to? I mean, I hands and heart, I think we beat them two one. Yeah. We hard fought two one. I don't know what kind of lineup we'll go with. I'd have gone he's, with say Allison. Uh, well, I'll just go with the lineup first. I'll go Allison, Trent, Gomez, Kanate, Robertson. I think you'll start Fabinho, Thiago, and Naby. Um, Salah, Nunes, and Gakpo on the left. Uh, but I think if he sees something that he doesn't like, or if it's not working, I think he'll change it quick. Hmm. I think. Hold the Henderson. I, yeah, <laughs> I think. I think. Matic will start with Gomez, though. I do think Karate look more comfortable on the right. I think he'll. I, I still think he'll start with Matic. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he tries Harvey again in the front three and maybe moves Mo inside one. I think with Nunes, it's how fit he is. If he's fit, listen, if he's fit enough to start, start him because I think you want his pace on the left against the likes of whether it's Aspilicueta or uh, Chalaba. Because Chalaba's a good, good, he's a good young player. We saw that in the FA Cup final, but not, I don't think he's, I think Nunes' pace will cause most people pro- problems. But if not, Nunes is not a bad option to bring on to the bench for the last half hour. I've got 3-1 Liverpool. I've got Salah, Nunes and Canati scoring. And I've got Havert scoring for them because I think he always seems to score past us. I'm quite glad Pugh yeah. is a player. Uh, I'd Luke, go for Nunes for Brace. Nunes Brace. Luke, what have you got? Score-wise? I'm, I'm going 2-1. I'm going to go super scrappy. Um, I think Chelsea's midfield is going to cause us a lot of problems because they've got energy. And Liverpool's midfield seems to be shot of any energy the, this season. I think I made a joke uh, to a friend of mine. Uh, to beat Liverpool, you need to be half-decent athletes. Now you'll just run straight through us. Just like Leicester. Ironically, how Leicester scored their goal, we just parted like the Red Sea and let Drewsbury Hall have a free shot at goal. So I think Chelsea's midfield runners are going to cause us issues. But yeah, Chelsea, I don't know what they're going to do, to be honest. So I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to go Elliot and... Gakpo to score because I want to see Elliot again on the right wing because for me that's where he's that's what I feel like you get his best performances because I actually like this performance against Wolves I thought he was I, a lot more assured I, on the wing than rather than being I like his second half pause when they put him left mid because that's where he played for last half I played him left mid I thought he actually did quite well there I actually looked more comfortable on the left so maybe that's another thing for him to try Jack at the neutral what? Um, will I get invited on it again if I oh, say yeah, Chelsea 100%. might win? Like if I say Chelsea, <laughs> no, win. You won't, no. Honest, honestly, I think I think the like you say the uh, the the lunchtime kickoff, um, like the uh, the Anfield atmosphere, the pressure will be on Chelsea because they've invested heavily and they're expected to hit the ground running. I think you will edge it. I think it will be a close game, uh, but I would maybe say one nil to Liverpool. Uh, I couldn't say who's going to score. I'll go with Nunes because why not? Um, I think I, th- I think you edge it, but close game. This proves Jack's not been watching much of Liverpool. He said, he said a clean sheet in the pun on seat first. <laughs> don't worry, Jack. You'll pick it up. Someone's got to be positive. I've got enough negativity on my end. Someone's got to be positive, all right? <laughs> just show Manikez WhatsApps if you want to see negativity. They're great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but listen, um, Jack, thanks for coming on. Um, where do people find you? Uh, so we are currently on Twitter uh, at the Balax Pod. We're on Instagram as well, uh, and most of our content is on Spotify at the moment. We're looking at getting back onto YouTube soon, but yeah, find us on Spotify and on Twitter. Um, pleasure as always, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. 
uh, good to chat to you all again. Awesome. Luke, well, no doubt we'll see you next Friday. Uh, yeah, Kev, Friday. everyone will see your happy face, hopefully, on uh, <laughs> tomorrow. We'll hope it's happy. Uh, well, hopefully Liverpool have beaten Chelsea. But until then, got... go on. No, as I say, I've got cans in the fridge just in case. So good, we're all good. good. That's his UFC then. on Saturday as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Luke's doing his UFC watch along. So if you want to go for and... 3 a.m. Sunday morning. Good 3 a.m. Sunday morning with me and Callum from uh, from Coppish. We do that together. It's a, good, it's a good card, though. It is a good card. Though. Yeah, it's a good card. you got Eubanks against Smith tomorrow night as well. Ah, yeah. See? Great weekend of sports. So that's what you want. So that's it, guys. Like, subscribe. Hit the bell icon and keep your eyes open. Loads more shows coming up. Until then, catch you very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.